You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels podcast and our summer series. This is the second episode of the Lego Freemakers Adventures. Uh, If you're new to the show, my name is Matt. Welcome, and let me welcome in your host and creator of the Rebels podcast and the Thunderquack podcast network. It's Michael Cohen. What's up, Mike? Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, we're back. Uh, It's our second week of, of coverage uh, you know, we we got some really great response to uh, to the fact that we were back last week uh, yeah. from a lot of our regular listeners, but also from a very special uh, listener, and that that was uh, Leland Chi from Oh uh, yeah, from, they don't see from the Holocron Keeper, yeah, the Holocron Keeper himself. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, that was really cool to get to get a shout out from him and uh, and some retweets. And that sort of thing. So, so hopefully, Leland, hopefully you're listening again and you're enjoying yeah. our coverage uh, yeah. of of the of well, uh, Star War, Lego Star Wars colon the Freemaker Adventures. Um, yeah, I got a lot of Lego Star Wars in my head right now because there's a, there's a lot of it floating around. But there is, uh, there is. We'll yeah. talk about it in a second. You know, totally. I, I was kind of shocked too uh, that he had put that out there. It was a nice little retweet from him. So we appreciate that. Yeah. You know, someone that's. Uh, We've talked about the story group, and I even talked about it on our last episode. How this is, you know, this this particular series is not mm-hmm. canon, but it still goes to that story group. And that story group right now is just on; they're just on point yeah. right now with everything that's going on in the Star Wars universe. So appreciate his uh, his giving us a little shout out, man. And uh, I, you know, he's listening. So thanks, Leland, for that. And hopefully, you keep. And, you know, it, it kind of made me think, Mike, man, are we giving this thing a, the, it's due because. <laughs> If those of you listening know how deep and we do a lot for the Rebels podcast and the Rebels show. I mean, we got clips, we break it down, you know, scene by scene. And this one, we kind of just like, oh, let's just talk about it freely. And like, oh, man, are we doing enough justice? <laughs> but hey, all right. It's, it's good enough. It's good enough, though. Um, yeah, like I, I, said, we're, I think the fact that we're breaking it out episode by episode and we're not talking about it in chunks. Um, I haven't really I don't know. Uh, maybe some of our listeners can can give us a shout on Twitter. Uh, at Rebels Podcast or on on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast, and let us know what the what other places are doing to cover uh, the Freemaker Adventures. Because um, as far as I can tell right now from the from the people that I follow, we're the only ones not the only ones talking about it. Everybody is obviously talking about it. It's it's something Star Wars, so it's worth talking about. But I think we're the only ones doing like week by week coverage. Uh, in part, I think because of the way that it was released, right? Right. So right. Um, pretty much the whole season. It's almost like a Netflix thing, right? Here you go. Here's the whole season. Yeah, almost. Take right. It. Like yeah. they gave us yeah. that first half of the season in a week, 
and then yeah. and then this Monday we got one more episode, and then uh, and then obviously this coming Monday is taken off for the uh, for the holiday for uh, uh, Independence Day for you guys, July Fourth. Not right. to be confused with uh, the uh, what some people are saying is a terrible movie in theaters right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I I see it getting F. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, <laughs> I, wow. But yeah, I so and they'll be taking that week off and like this coming Monday off and then back. The following Monday, uh, and then the subsequent two more Mondays to finish out the series, with only eight right. episodes. So, um, we'll actually we'll actually extend just a little bit past that because this is obviously our second. Next week will be our third. So by the time that they come back, we'll be doing the fourth episode. So we'll right. kind of be we'll be about a, about two episodes behind um, right. in where they're airing them. Uh, and uh, but I like I mean we're we're we are trying to actually give the story it's it's a bit of breathing room so that we can kind of talk about it and dissect some of it but uh but yeah it is this isn't the this isn't star wars rebels this isn't uh this isn't the clone wars this is obviously a slightly different beast so uh yeah you know but but that'll carry us through july uh and probably into a little bit of august so um that will allow us to talk about obviously uh star wars celebration and comic-con as those things happen, we'll have lots of rebels news to talk about. Oh, sure. There, so that's another thing I, we need to talk about. This as like a summer series and it gives yeah. us a chance, like I said last week to talk about some of the other things in the star Wars universe. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. we don't get a chance to, to, to go deep into it. And uh, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. So with that, let's um, we'll jump into the recap in a minute here, but I got a few news stories for you, Mike. I want to get your take on a couple things. Cool. Um, the first one is I hesitated to even, make this a, a story but i was like ah what the heck um there's it, it's not there's not tons of news so let me just throw this at you uh, james cameron has been on <laughs> on the news here yeah. about his his uh take on jj abrams reboot yes. of the star wars franchise and he said it lacked the innovative innovative visual imagination of the original films and and at first when you when you see the story and you read it on paper you think oh man he's really dissing on star wars man but yeah. i saw the actual interview right i, I looked it up okay. on youtube and I, and I saw it and it doesn't he doesn't come off as as bad as i think it, it reads on paper yeah sure so so he just said you know like he's a friend of george's you know and i'm sure george has his ideas on what he thought the film should have been and uh you know, James Cameron said, hey, you know, it just lacked, a, you know, it was kind of like a reboot. And of course, that's what it was. This was the foundation of this new trilogy. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously it was a point of JJ's to go, hey, this is what worked for the original trilogy. Why not go back there and just add a few things here and there? So that's what James Cameron had to say. Innovative visual imagination, whatever, you know, if you want. I don't know. He just said. I don't want to say too much about the film because I have a lot of respect for JJ. Mm-hmm. I want to see whether they're taking it next to see what they're doing with it. So that's kind of what he finished off with was, hey, I want to see where they're going with it. And of course, we all think that because when I, I, like myself, I think it's going to go keep uh, taking those next steps to be in greater and greater films and, and more fun and exciting. So mm-hmm. uh, you hear this, Mike? I know I'm throwing all these stories yeah, at you yeah. fresh, but um, like I said, see when you hear him say it and you see the video it's not as bad as it might come off on the page but i don't know any thoughts on that yeah well you know here's this is my thing about james cameron is like i i appreciate james cameron for the uh for the artist that he is um yeah. certainly certainly you know he he's he's very accomplished he's a you know uh, academy award winner um i for his directing and and all that and i i that's that's fantastic you know, I, but what I will say is that I, I, J.J. Abrams having made, let me count this, one, uh, two, three, four, five movies since 2006, um, yeah. starting with Mission Impossible 3 and ending with uh, The Force Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah. So he's made six movies, is that what I said? Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six I uh, since 2006 I uh, since 2006 let me see 2006 2006 uh, James Cameron has managed to make one movie right. um, now he's he's directed documentaries but I'm gonna like let's be 
perfectly honest, some of these documentaries were just like special features sort of to go along <laughs> with those movies. Yeah. Right. right? Um, and yeah, he, he directed a lot of shorts and stuff like that. But if you actually look at how many movies James Cameron has managed to make, in my personal opinion, James Cameron's better days are behind him. Um, and he hasn't really done anything but innovate. So that like, th- this is my thing. Like you, you have two, two, um, schools of it. You've got directors like, like Cameron and, and George Lucas who, are so focused on the technology, they're so focused on pushing the envelope on stuff that oftentimes their story suffers. And I think that's what we saw a lot in The Force Awakens, or sorry, in the in the prequels, and and it's definitely what we see in Avatar. Avatar, right? yeah, like that. It, yeah. Like, when's the last time you went back and watched Avatar? No, it's been right. Like, never, I mean, like yeah. I think I watched it once when it came out on Blu-ray. I don't own it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care to own it. I don't care to go back and watch it. I remember everything that happened in that movie, and it was fine. Um, it was really cool at the time. It was one of the first big 3D movies. It was obviously all this motion capture and all that sort of thing. Um, it was very technically innovative and and pushed the envelope. But does it last? No, it doesn't last. It doesn't stand the test of time. You look back at it now, and it's like, ah, the CG is kind of dated, the... The story mm-hmm. is definitely weak in a lot of places. Um, but you look at J.J. Abrams' movies that he's done. Mission Impossible 3, one of the best in the series. Um, definitely like revitalized that franchise, which is something right. something you're going to hear a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> because he took it. Mission Impossible 2 is a terrible movie. right? right. The first one's pretty good, but it's a little slow. But it's kind of a product of its time. Um, the second one's horrible. One of the worst John Woo, John Woo movies, yeah. uh, Woo yeah. movies ever filmed. Like, I mean, John and John Woo's a genius, right? Like, I mean, like yeah. he's, he's slow motion and doves. Yeah, but Mission Impossible <laughs> Two does not work. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Mission Impossible Three kicks it back into sort of the high octane and redefined what Mission Impossible was, so that you could get four. Uh, is it just four and five right now? Yeah, and then I think they're working on six. Um, right. Which have all, which have also been awesome movies, but Mission Impossible Three is the one that got it back there. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman is incredible in that movie. Oh yeah, great. Um, and then you've got, I uh, and then you've got Star Trek in two thousand and nine, which like, come on, like if you like sci fi, you know it's it's obviously not um, the Star Trek that 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 a lot of people grew up with. It's very different from that. I still, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's a really great. Oh yeah, sure. uh, revitalization of that franchise. And then you've got Super 8, which is this incredible homage to Steven Spielberg and all of his movies, which it, got, it gets a lot of flack. There's a lot of critical flack around Super 8. I think Super 8's a great movie. Yeah, um, for sure. Into Darkness we can skip because it's a piece of garbage. And then you've got, <laughs> and then you've got The Force Awakens. Uh, but Into Darkness isn't his fault. That's the writing. And, and I mean, like, yes, it, ultimately J.J. is responsible for that. But, you know, it's a it's a bad script. And what are you going to do? When you're under the gun, you got to get these movies made, right? They, they announce release dates, and then you have to make the movie to the release date sometimes. Um, but, uh, but with The Force Awakens, obviously, obviously taking Star Wars and bringing it back into the mainstream, knocking it out of the park. Um, the the two biggest complaints that I ever hear about The Force Awakens are, well, this is too much like the original Star Wars, which I don't know how that's a complaint. Because yeah. um, for me, like, uh, yeah, that's kind of one of the best parts. <laughs> Thanks. And yeah. then the other one is, Ray is so good at everything. But no one ever says that about Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Luke yeah. Luke's just some farm boy. And he manages to pick up a blaster and shoot stormtroopers with it, uh, swing across a chasm, you know, rescue the princess, get in a, the, the gunwell of, a, of the Millennium Falcon and take out TIE fighters, and then pilot a, an X-Wing, having never flown one before, <laughs> and being one of four dudes who survives the Battle of Yavin. Like, Ray and Luke are kind of in the same boat, and let's not forget about Anakin Skywalker winning the Boonta Eve classic uh, and as, a, uh, as an eight-year-old as an eight-year uh, yeah a <laughs> ten-year-old or whatever ten-year-old yeah, yeah and then going <laughs> on to pilot a ship that he has 
absolutely no business piloting uh, inside of a Trade Federation ship, blowing it up from the inside, and then escaping narrowly and, and saving the day, right? Like, uh, it, you know, it's, these, are, these are Star Wars protagonists. Guess what? They're great at everything. Well, and here's the thing, too, Mike, is they're great at everything, but... These are you're talking about the Skywalkers who the Force runs mm. through them like you wouldn't believe. Of course well, they're going to be a little. And well, whoever Ray, it is, of course whoever we can't say yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. my theory is yeah, yeah exactly. But, you, know I mean? you know what I mean? It's like come on. So those are the two biggest complaints you can level at the movie, and it's like come on. Um, does it technically push the envelope? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't go to the lengths that the original Star Wars does. Um, it doesn't go to the lengths that the prequels do. But what it does is it actually works in the opposite way of taking movies like the prequels and like Avatar and 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 putting them in their place, in my opinion. You know, like kind of checking them and saying like, hey, guess what? You know, like this is not the be all end all. Um, technical prowess is not the most important thing story is the most important thing and then yeah you can push the envelope but don't forget what got you to this point and that's miniatures and practical effects and real sets real locations so i would say that that jj abrams actually learned from cameron and lucas what not to do um Mm -hmm. and how to make a movie in today's day and age uh, that is highly, highly effects-driven, but that still has that that physicality and reality to it. And I think that's one of the things that makes The Force Awakens such a great movie, mm-hmm. is the fact that the sets are real, um, the actors are moving in a real space, they're, they're interacting with real objects. There's mm-hmm. none of this walking slowly down a hallway or you know marveling at things that aren't there um and being replaced by a computer animated cat you know like it's it's a completely different it's a completely different type of of filmmaking um to go back to to this is the thing that drives me nuts about it the the technology and the filmmaking style that george lucas and james cameron and steven spielberg pioneered back in the 80s right the 70s and the 80s like these guys are responsible for effects driven blockbusters and yet i mean like spielberg has has not really said too much but he has made comments about basically like he wants to see the movies that george lucas would have made Mm -hmm. and and you know what like i don't I don't like I I love George Lucas. I think that the man's a genius. I think that he deserves all the credit that he gets. But I also think that that he used all of his ideas on six movies. Mm -hmm. And those six movies were the original Star Wars trilogy and the Indiana Jones trilogy. And everything else is um, trying to replicate or or move in a different direction. And that different direction with the prequels for a lot of people didn't work, you know. Um, I love the story of the prequels. Are the films as good as they could be? No, they're not even close, right? And it is because George was was unfettered, and so all he focused on was the visual aspect of the film, but not on the storytelling. And so, you know, like, um, I think Avatar, it suffers from the same problem. Um, I think that that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull suffers from the same problem. Uh, I haven't seen a Steven Spielberg movie that I've particularly enjoyed in a long time. Um, you know, like the like these guys who used to be the 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 top of the pile, they've kind of they kind of you know like th- their era has come and gone. Right. Um, and you know that doesn't happen for all for all directors. Um, who's the guy? Uh, is it is it? I want to say George Martin. Oh, George R. Martin that did uh, did Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. did Mad Max. I mean, like, come on, that he's a genius as well. And he's like, but but he's still making movies like he made them back in the 80s. He's just enhancing them with special effects in the modern era, and you end up with a beautiful movie like Fury Road. You right. know? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that James Cameron needs to kind of watch his lip a little bit uh, and what he says because 
I'll I'll take them a little bit more seriously and and as a as a, a, a sort of scholarly academic voice in filmmaking when he can put out a movie faster than once every 15 years mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> yeah, when those movies are worthwhile like come on like avatar two three four five six however many avatars he's, yeah, he's up gonna, to five yeah he's gonna film four of them at once like give me yeah. a break like no i i i don't care what the man has to say yeah. he really really has to earn his uh his place back in the pantheon of uh of of great filmmakers in my opinion i don't think he's living up to his own namesake at the moment like come on you go back into his his career obviously terminator aliens the abyss t2 true lies like great stuff yeah awesome awesome films and then you know, between True Lies and Titanic, you go 1994 all like until 1997. It's only three years, and then between Titanic and Avatar, it's 97 to 2009. And he talks about it. It took him 11 years to make that movie. Yeah, right. Like in earnest, in earnest, he says. You know, and it's like, I I don't know. It, it it's just not good enough for me. Yeah. No, it's it's a it was a. Kind of like I said, a lot of people saw it as a jab. I, you know, he's he's got his opinion. He thought, yeah. you know, he has a little bit of allegiance to George Lucas, and that's fine. Yeah. But it ultimately, like, it doesn't matter. Like you said, he hasn't really been relevant in a long time. You're talking about George Miller too. I think I said George Martin. I just have yeah. I said George Martin. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're George right. Miller. I was thinking I had Game of Thrones on my brain yeah, right yeah. now, so I came up with George Martin. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of, you know, this is, we're talking about the uh, free makers and. Uh, yeah. You just got Lego Star Wars, so tell us about it. What do you think? It's, um, it's getting great reviews, like seven out, usually yeah. seven out of nine. I've been seeing. So I, there were some Amazon issues with getting my copy. Uh, I just got it today. Today's Thursday, so it came out on Tuesday. So other people have played a great deal of the game. I haven't gotten to play that much of it. I've only really played for about 15, 20 minutes, um, just before we started recording. Uh, we would have started recording sooner, but I just had to dig in. Um, <laughs> I wonder where you were. <laughs> I mean, I played the demo during the week of E3 when they released that, and the demo was awesome. Uh, it's a Lego game. It's solid, just like every other Lego game. And I can already tell 15, 20 minutes in that uh, that it is, you know, par for the course. Um, but the bit that I have played already way better than any of the other lego games it's been a very long time since we've gotten a lego star wars game they've been doing a lot of other stuff there's been a bunch of marvel games a bunch of dc games um they've taken a lot of what they've learned from those other games and they've rolled it into this one the interface is a million times better um the so if the last lego game that you played was a lego star wars game uh, which would have been Lego Star Wars three, the Clone Wars. Um, then you know you are you you have been missing out um, because there have been some awesome Lego games in in the interim. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is a very good idea to come back and check this one out uh, right off the bat. I uh, I'm gonna spoil a little a little bit of a surprise for people, um, which it was a surprise for me. I don't know how much it is for others, but. The game actually starts at the end of Return of the Return Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, I read that. That's funny. And, and yeah. so it's at, like they've already talked about the fact that it's going to fill in the gaps, and we've seen some some video footage and some pictures of uh, the story of uh, basically they're they're um, telling the story of how Han and his crew captured the Rathars. But there will be some other stories in there as well, like how C three PO got his his red arm, which uh, which was a one shot comic. And uh, which was a really really cool one shot comic that if you haven't picked it up I, I think you should try and track one down. Um, it's a really cool story about C three PO. Sort of what kind of trouble C three PO ends up in when R two D two is not around to save his butt. I I but I uh, really really cool story and I hope that it's replicated uh, in in this Lego Star Wars game. Um, but yeah, like uh, so much content, and then you know it's gonna retell the Force Awakens, and uh, the the Force Awakens actors re-recorded their dialogue from the movie mm-hmm. for the game. So 
um, they recorded the a lot of the same dialogue, but also some additional dialogue, and and that includes Harrison Ford. Yeah. So, I mean, like if that doesn't get you to 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 throw down your cash, I don't know what will. <laughs> right. Like yeah. that is like I, the second <clears throat> that I found that out, I was like, oh no, I am. I am buying this game. This, yeah. this. I am not waiting for this to go on sale. I am buying this game. Yeah. But then, thankfully, Amazon had it had a, had a sale during E three, so I did get a little bit of a discount. But yeah, they haven't uh, they haven't really messed with these Lego things, man. I, like I said, um, a lot of different sites. IGN gave it nine out of yep. ten, and a couple other game sites ranged from seven to nine. So it's yeah. You know, uh, I guess critically, it's doing really well. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, this is one that I, I I've got it on the PlayStation Four, mm-hmm. but uh, when it goes on sale on PlayStation Vita, I will buy it again just so that I can play through the PlayStation Vita, the portable version as well, because mm-hmm. the portable version tends to be a little bit different. So, you yeah. know, like a, that's a, a, a something that I plan on doing. Um, but uh, I would say run, don't walk to pick it up. It's <laughs> it, like the yeah. the twenty minutes, like I said, that I've played so far. I love it. It is so good. There you go. High praise from the Rebels podcast yeah, for, yeah, for, sure. for Lego Star Wars. Hey, tell me about this. So on Facebook the other day, I saw yeah. that you had you were scathing mad. You were hot, man. You were hot about oh, this yeah. Disney Infinity stuff. So so I don't play Infinity, and I, I know the figures and all that, but I don't know the whole thing about this game and it going away or whatever. So let, let me know what's going on. What do you think? Why were you so hot the other day about this? Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, Lego. I uh, sorry, Lego. I I Disney Infinity um, was a, is it was like a huge inif- initiative from Disney Interactive uh, to to basically create like the toys to life sort of uh, I, I experience, right? So that's like uh, Skylanders. Uh, there's also Lego Dimensions, which uh, doesn't have Star Wars or Marvel because. Um, it's mostly uh, Warner Brothers and uh, and Universal properties uh, in that game, and because Disney had Disney Infinity, so um, there's two parts to it. There was the video game, which I would say was mediocre at best, to just slightly, just slightly better than good, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, for the Star Wars content. Um, but the video games are not the important part. The important part were the figures. And uh, from the get-go with Disney Infinity, they were doing some really cool stuff, really cool figures. But in the second phase, they started doing Marvel characters. And these Marvel characters look great. And it made us all go, oh my goodness, I really hope that they do Star Wars, Wars next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did. So last year, uh, debuting the the week before Force Friday, the end of August, they they launched Disney Infinity 3.0, which came with uh, the the starter came with uh, the Clone Wars campaign, and you and and Anakin and Ahsoka, and so you play through this Clone Wars storyline that revolves around. Um, your four playable characters, Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. Um, and then uh, Darth Maul was the bad guy. And, uh, and, it was, and it was super fun. It was, it was you know, uh, 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 like I said, just, just slightly better than good um, in a lot of ways. And then they released a classic trilogy one and then uh, uh, Force Awakens starter set. But they never did a proper Star Wars Rebels um like game set Mm -hmm. what they did do though was they released four figures from star wars rebels and those figures were ezra kanan uh zeb and and uh and sabine and and the figures are beautiful Uh, they're awesome representations of the characters they're not exactly like the show they're they're kind of more stylized right and they're actually very close to the clone wars style Mm. Um, cause the clone wars figures are almost like spot on. They're almost, it's almost like that you took clone wars and you kind of just made it a little bit more cartoony, a little bit more kid friendly. Right. Um, and so these rebels characters like fit right alongside their clone wars 
uh, counterparts from Disney Infinity, and it's all in the same style with the classic characters and the Force Awakens characters. Um, I have every figure that they've released for Star Wars, and I have quite a few of the Marvel ones as well. Um, and and everybody was super psyched about what was coming this later this year because we figured you know we were gonna get. Uh, not a new disc-based one, but but you know more expansions for 3.0, and it would have included Rogue One. It would have included hopefully more Rebels content, hopefully more, uh, maybe more Force Awakens characters like make like maybe Han and Luke or something like that. You know, like just sort of expanding it out, bringing a few more characters to life. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been really cool to get Captain Phasma, uh, stuff like that. Uh, maybe Lando from the original trilogy. So we were all sort of like waiting with bated breath to find out what was going to happen. And then just before E3, Disney Interactive announced that they were canceling Disney Infinity. So there would be no more new content for Disney Infinity. And it's all part of Disney's uh, new sort of mantra, which is they're not going to... The Previously, Disney was was producing their own games and basically like hiring smaller studios to make those games Mm -hmm. what they're but overseeing it directly what they're doing now and and we've seen it a lot with star wars with ea is they're they're having these big studios produce star wars games on their own and they're and they're doing the same thing with Marvel. So the Spider-Man game that's been announced for PlayStation Four is a really good example of that. Unfortunately, what happened in, in all of this this changeover, it's a lot like what happened to us with the Clone Wars. Um, they had all these plans, all this stuff in production. Uh, so far, we've seen Doctor Strange uh, to coincide with the upcoming movie, and the figure looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had. Uh, Gwen Stacy, a Spider Gwen, um, which is a character from the the Marvel comics, um, and from an alternate universe where Gwen Stacy becomes Spider Spider Girl instead of uh, instead of Peter Parker becoming Spider Man, and that figure was like exquisite. It it breaks my heart to not get that figure, <laughs> but then the it, bad news always comes in threes, right? And they, they saved the worst for last, which is that the one character from the Ghost Crew uh, that we would have expected to have a playable character that was excluded in the in the first wave was absolutely going to get her own figure, and that's Hera. Huh. And it just, it's like a dagger through the heart, because the figure looks great, it would have gone perfectly with the rest of the set, mm-hmm. and yet we will never ever get it so i don't know i'm sure that at some point somebody's going to start a petition online for uh for these figures to be produced regardless of whether or not they have interactivity within the game um and and i agree i i I think that that should happen um i think that they should just continue making disney infinity figures because the figures themselves were so good yeah but uh and and you know take out the technology bring them from they're about 15 dollars bring them down to about 10 dollars and uh, if they were 9.99 i think they'd fly off the shelves but yeah but yeah it's kind of heartbreaking that that we were that close to getting Hera. she probably would have come out on force friday this year which is happening in september and uh and we could have uh, we could have had it all, you know, yeah. as yeah. I said, yeah. um, but, but we're not going to sadly. Yeah. You're right though. Those, those characters really catch your eye and, and I've always, I don't have any, but every time I see them, I was like, wow, those are really, really yeah. good looking characters. And they just I would say, dis- I would say to people, what's that? Yeah. I would say to people who are in the same boat as you, mm-hmm. that um, they, if, if they like them, they should run out and get as many of them as they can right now. Uh, because they're going to disappear. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah. so you know if if you like them, I mean the Poe Dameron is such a great figure. Yeah. Uh, Ray's figure is incredible. Uh, there are so many good ones. I have I have um, IKEA has these little shelves. They're like they call them picture shelves mm-hmm. or picture ledges, and they're the perfect size for a Disney Infinity base. 
So I have three of them. And uh, if you watch some of the Thunderquack videos, you'll see them in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that's the, the backdrop that I shoot against uh, yeah. when, I, when I do the roundtables and stuff. Or at least I try to. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's a shame because I totally have room for about three or four more figures. And, uh, and Hera could have been one of them. Oh. Yeah, Hera could have been one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Oh, well. Sad stuff, man. It's not meant to characters. be. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, the last thing I want to get at, get your take on, and we'll get to the uh, recap here in a sec. Um, real quick, Entertainment Weekly, they had a poll out there for everybody. Like, hey, should Rogue One have the traditional Star Wars opening crawl? And it was mm. like seventy three percent of people said yes. And I'm in that same camp. And there's obviously pros and cons, and people have their opinions on whether it should or not. It's, you know, it's a stand. It's a standalone movie. It's not part of the the numbered system, so maybe it doesn't need one. But I think, I don't know. And I know we've seen Disney or uh, Star Wars stuff without crawls. I mean, Rebels doesn't have a crawl. Clone Wars didn't. But but the movies always have. And I think, personally, I would like to see a crawl in this, even though I know what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, for me, that's, that's Star Wars for me, is getting that crawl and getting that quick three-paragraph. This is what's going on. Because this is new characters we're seeing in Rogue One. Of course, we do know the story, but... There, uh, it's going to be more than what we think. So, I don't know. For me, I'm a yes for an opening crawl. What do you, Mike? Yes or no on an opening crawl for a Rogue One? Um, you know what? I'm going to go I'm gonna go uh, to both Clone Wars and Rebels and say uh, neither one of them has an opening crawl, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm okay with that. Right. I'm okay with Rogue One not having an opening crawl. I, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I mean, like, I think that... It's also cool if it does. Yeah. Um, but but I do think that one of the biggest things that they can do stylistically to differentiate it from the rest of the the Star Wars films, particularly from the saga films, is to not have that opening crawl. I mean, can you imagine uh, how powerful it would be if the Lucasfilm logo came up and then? Just bam, you were right, right in the war. Heat of things. Yeah. Just a total cold open. Yeah. Um, and then got and you got right into the story. I think that that could be really powerful for Star Wars fans. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I would like to see that. Um, yeah. Myself. That, that if I were making the movie, that would be my choice. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's that's a good point. I mean, especially on a movie like this where they're really, at least in the beginning. Gareth Edwards said, hey, you know, this is Star Wars. We're going to see the wars. And I think that would be a powerful opening yeah. to be able to go right from the Lucasfilm to bam, whatever, you know, if it opens up with an action scene or whatever, yeah. uh, to just really hit you like that. But again, you know, I, I still think, like, like you, either way, I personally like to see a crawl just because I think that's Star Wars to me and seeing the Lucasfilm. And uh, even though we don't have the 20th century anymore, uh, seeing the Lucasfilm and, and that Star Wars, bam, hit you. And it's like, okay, now, and you get into Crawl, it's just like, it's so ingrained in us now, um, at least with the movies, that I, it'd be kind of kind of weird to see it. But either way, it uh, doesn't necessarily mean a great deal to me, but, yeah, you know, I'd like to see it. So um, we'll see what happens, though. I guess they're, like Kathleen Kennedy, apparently, they're still trying to figure it out. Last I heard, as of this recording, um, they're still talking about this. And whether they're going to do it or not. So we don't even yeah. know yet. So we'll probably find out some sometime in the next few weeks, possibly celebration, some more details and plenty of other stuff. So with that, um, we're going to finish out the podcast talking Freemakers. Mike, you ready? Yeah, let's, let's do okay, it. Okay, let's, okay, let's okay, talk with Freemakers. So, Mike, last week we ended off with a pretty interesting little uh, cliffhanger. And and like I said in the last podcast, it kind of shocked me that uh, they did this. You know, it's like, whoa, a little turnaround, a little little Game of Thrones action there on us. Uh, So we start uh, this episode with Mm -hmm. a training session between Rowan and Nari. And we've come off this revelation or surprise like I said, this of this premiere episode, mm-hmm. that Nari is uh, a dark force user, I guess we're going to say, for right now. Yeah. She's working under the Emperor and, and Vader, so she's tracking down these these Kyber Saber crystals. So we open up with a classic you know, training montage. And, uh, of course, they, they, they what's great about this series is 
they can take moments like this that we've seen in in other mediums like Luke and, and he's training and he's got to concentrate. But his concentration, you know, he kind of lets a rock fall. But as, as Rowan, his concentration is totally snapped because he's like a cat like or a dog. Like he's, he's, he's doing his thing and all of a sudden, oh, a lightsaber. And he just goes, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's funny how they mix those and, you know, we get the – this version of losing concentration to the other. So yeah. uh, one, of the, one of the funnier moments is was just the beginning, how it starts out like that. Um, Mike, you want to go through this and should we just just kind of go through on what we liked or are we going to go through and talk yeah. about from beginning to end? Go ahead. Well, you yeah, we'll kind, of, we'll kind of just like like bounce through the story a little bit. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, obviously, like we open up with, with a classic Star Wars aspect of of the Jedi training, the, the, the apprentice. Um, but, uh, but Rowan's not an average, your average apprentice, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like you said, he's kind of bouncing around being a goofball, uh, yeah. and taking the lightsaber and playing with it. Um, and, uh, and Nare, I think one of the cool things about her character is her, like the fact that she kind of bounces back and forth between dark side and light side. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yes. and, and she's like, she's always kind of like on the edge of it. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Kylo Ren, but a little bit more comedic. Um, I'm sure that Lego star Wars, Kylo Ren will have a lot in common with, uh, with Nari. But, um, I also, I'm also really beginning to like some of the other characters. Uh, I really like Cordy's character and mm. she kind of takes, uh, uh, center stage uh, in the in the the B storyline in this episode. So right. um, we start off with them trying to uh, Nare's trying to teach Rowan to use the Force so that he can locate the the um, Kyber crystals. Right. Um, but he's obviously having issues with that. Nare starts arguing with Cordy about going to to the Belgaroth asteroid belt to to pick up the next one, and I I in the midst of this argument, Rowan and Roger, Roger being my favorite character on this series, <laughs> I, a battle droid, your favorite character, a battle <laughs> droid. I never thought I'd see the day, but there it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, them taking off in uh, in the Z wing, and I I heading to uh to the to the Balgaroth asteroid belt on their own um where they're gonna get into a bunch of trouble right uh but the the interactions between nare and cordy i think are really interesting because cordy is very uh protective she's the she's the oldest of the of the three freemakers and so she's got this um like motherly uh, yeah it's sort of like yeah she's a surrogate mom uh, we we haven't we still haven't really heard what happened to their parents and yeah, I think yeah. that it'll come out at some point in the series. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Cordy kind of takes that place as both parents. Cause, uh, cause, cause Xander is, is almost as scatterbrained as Rowan, right? Um, <laughs> he all he cares about yeah. is building stuff. So he's funny. He's funny. Dude. Well, yeah. you, you talked about Nari and, and Cordy and, and you're right. They, they had the section where, um, Nari tries to force persuade Cordy and she's like, really? You know, you're really trying that on me? Seriously? And you're right. She does. Nari has a few of these, you know, like temper tantrums where where she goes full on Sith for a second, but she turns away so nobody sees it. And it happens a few times and it's it's pretty funny, right? These little these little temper tantrums. Yeah, Um, for sure. So 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 we got uh uh Rowan, he's he he goes off with Roger and they steal a ship and they're gone while the others are arguing. And I thought it was funny that Xander, uh, when they're asking you know, what happened, you know, and he goes, uh, he says something like, "Oh no," uh, they're like, "Oh no," Corday, and uh, they're trying to figure out what happened. And he yeah. has this funny line where he says, "Oh no, my Z-wing," and then and he kind of corrects himself like, "Oh, I mean Rowan," you know. So yeah, yeah. he's all about, like you said, he's all about the building, and it was like his ship first before his little brother that yeah. was that was concerning him. So uh, I. So from here we go to, we go to meet. Uh, wow, the huts, right? Yeah. So I, uh, Rowan and Roger end up in this asteroid belt, and uh, and and they discover like they, basically Rowan, because uh, he senses the the kyber saber crystals, he pilots them through this asteroid belt, uh, na- like narrowly avoiding everything, but using the force to do it, right, uh, and gets them to. A 
like a, a mining facility on one yeah, of the larger yeah. asteroids. It's uh, the uh, he comes across the the hut mine. Yeah, yeah, and and it actually it it reminded me a lot of the droid factory. Oh Genesis. yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, I think it was meant to do that. Even um, some uh, even some of the music and the sounds were yeah. directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and so they basically end up doing a similar sort of uh, adventure through there, like in episode two, and uh, uh, which is funny because this is the second episode of the Freemaker Adventures, uh, and and end up um, retrieving the the Kyber Saber crystal, but on their way out they run into a couple of guards, uh, Bash and Ram. Which is funny because they're Iktachi, which Iktachi are like Sisi Tin. Yes, so they've got right. like they have those the the horns. So so being named Bash and Ram, uh, it's I don't know <laughs> like they're kind of they're kind of dumb. Uh, they're very easily tricked into into sort of listening to to um, to Rowan and Roger. Uh, Rowan disguises himself as I. I like a bounty hunter and then boosh yeah uh, yeah um and and says so, you know he's a he's a bounty hunter ugnot and uh and that that roger is ig 99 oh yeah and yeah. 99 is one higher than like you've heard of ig 88 well 99 is is 11 higher or or is it 88 80 maybe it was 89 yeah well um, actually it is yeah and he's like is one higher uh, and that's just math, and they and then Bash and Ram are like, "Well, yeah, yeah, that is math." And, and so they take them, they take them to see uh, their their sort of their leader, I guess their uh, their employer, uh, who is uh, my the, one of my new favorite bad guys in the Star Wars uh, galaxy, and that's uh, that's Grabala the Hut. Yes, the cousin uh, of Jabba. Yeah, cousin of Jabba. Um, who is somehow distantly related to, to Nathan Lane, I think. Because <laughs> uh, that's who I, like, when I, when he talks, that's who I hear. That um, was funny. So yeah. it, re- it really reminds me of, like, uh, um, uh, Nathan Nathan Lane is the voice of uh, Timon, mm-hmm. of, of Timon and Pumbaa fame from The Lion King. Yeah. And, uh, and it reminds me a lot of that. It also reminds me a lot of his character on, uh, on um, um, Modern Family. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And he's great in that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely the the voice actor who's playing Grabala is is doing a great job of evoking that. But there's also a little bit of something else, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Zero as well. Um, and I think that what might be one of the things that sort of got me enjoying this character so much is that it, it harkens back to very early days. Of, of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. with Zero the Hut. I mean, obviously, Zero the Hut introduced in Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the feature film back mm-hmm. in 2008, right? Oh, right, so, right, right. So yeah. one of the first new characters that we got from the Clone Wars. So it's kind of cool that, you know, we're we're in this and we're getting a little bit of that. So Yeah. You, you know, you mentioned Bash and Ram, and I got to tell you that, gosh, they cracked me up. I love those two characters. Yeah. So funny that the voice... Uh, action, the voice acting yeah. in those, uh, it just reminded me of something and I couldn't peg it, but the, it's just uh, you know so what it funny. Is? What's that? It's Bob and Doug McKenzie. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, there you go. There's right a bit there. of that going on. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's yeah. not exactly because they're not doing like the Canadian A's and that sort of thing. Yeah, but it? there's yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a hint of that sort of SNL. Uh, dumb, dumb buddies, yeah, sort of, right. uh, um, you know, the eighties, the seventies and eighties era. Um, definitely like Dan Aykroyd and uh, and, and John Belushi and or something. John Belushi, sort yeah. of. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely see like a, a, a SNL type, uh, yeah, goofy brother type yeah. connection there. Uh, but yeah, I love those two. Uh, and, and you're right, Gabala was great too. And and you were talking about that scene. About IG, I actually pulled. That was one of my favorite scenes of the of the of the series or the, of the uh, episode. And uh, here's just a quick clip of what you're talking about. Check this out. It was pretty funny. No. Hey, boss. Oh, the think tanks here, everybody. All right, nitwits. What is it? Make it fast. Your mere presence kills brain cells. We found new bounty hunters. Wow. I've already got a bounty hunter. Okay, Dengar's <laughs> no Boba Fett, but. 
All right, there's no but. He's no Boba Fett, but he's still a bounty hunter. Grunt here says he's the galaxy's most dangerous Ugnaught. And IG-89 here is one better than IG-88. <laughs> ask Bash about the math. It's math. <laughs> you know what? I'm pretty sure the one thing I'm never going to... Oh, my gosh. It's good. Like, uh, it's even funny how I think about it. Either. When we said... When when we decided that we were going to cover this show, I was like, well, I really hope that there's some nuggets in there, you know? that Like, there's some cool Star Wars mythology and that sort of thing. I didn't account... Like, I knew it was going to be funny. I didn't account for how funny it could actually be. Yeah. There were at least four times in this episode where I audibly, like... like. <laughs> Not just like when <laughs> that's funny, but yeah. like la like gut laughed at like how how like that line about like he's no Boba Fett, but that's what I was well say, no yeah. but he's no Boba Fett right and it's just yeah. there's just like a a sort of um, like a very old school comedy sensibility to the way that it's written and this episode like the first episode was good the first episode had some fun moments it was definitely more what I was expecting. This yeah. episode caught me way off guard. These characters, these three characters, I just, I, I was floored by them. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is like grade A, high level, uh, high level lowbrow comedy. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I Man, I absolutely love that scene. Yeah, I, I, that was, that was my favorite scene of the episode. And you're right. I really enjoyed this episode a little more than the last one. Yeah. And it did have a great, some great comedic time moments in it. And, and you're right. I, I just love this, like this, like insider joke about how he says, uh, you know, he's no Boba Fett, you know, cause everybody loves Boba Fett, yeah. but of course he hasn't, he's never really done anything. Right. Yeah. So the, the fact that they, they throw that line in there, like he's no Boba Fett. And then Dengar proceeds to kick butt all over the place. Right. Yeah. And then he goes back to napping with his little, uh, with his little plushy doll or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, so. his little teddy bear. It's almost like yeah. he doesn't even bother to open his eyes. He <laughs> just kind of like he stays asleep and beats the snot out of out of uh, Rowan and and Roger, um, yeah. and ties them up or whatever, and then goes right back to sleep. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, and and the the voice for Dengar was very reminiscent of Simon Pegg's performance from from the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was cool. Uh, great scene and then we get to uh starting towards the end here you know they get yeah. saved uh actually they're gonna we actually get another you know what's great great about the series is that although it's not canon they are pulling everything in from canon i mean we got denengar we got java uh we got yeah. the nexu you know yeah yeah smiley so, yeah smiley oh god that was one of my favorite jokes yeah. When when oh, I, I got it written down right here. <laughs> when when, he, when they're like uh, my my pet Smiley uh, and I uh, and I uh, uh, Rogers kind of like oh yeah that's like a this is like a uh, like an you know like a, a descriptive name and yeah. then the thing opens up and it's a Nexu and he's like ah so the name is ironic then <laughs> it's just like oh my god yeah like the jokes. There are jokes for kids. I'm like when when in a minute here when uh, Grabala gets sucked out the the oh, yeah. the hole yeah. in the space station or his ship, yeah. and it's just it's just his slug butt waving in in the vacuum of space because he gets stuck in it. Um, uh, that's definitely a joke for the kids, right? The oh that was gross. I wish I didn't see that. Like that's a joke for the kids, but the. The oh, the, so the name's ironic then, like yeah. that—that's a joke for us. Like that's a yeah. joke for the adults watching the show. So yeah, they they do a really good job of balancing it in this episode. I hope, I hope that that the rest of the series sort of follows along this this level. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Like you said, it, it, it's like it's like the Pixar movies and stuff. It's got stuff for kids, mm -hmm. but it, they throw in these these funny stuff and. You know, we we're laughing, and you know, yeah. your kid might look at you like, hey, "What's so funny about that?" But it's so great, and yeah, yeah like I said, we they pull in stuff from canon. You know, we got the Nexu, and another funny line as just before we get to the finale here, uh, you know, like you said, Roger goes, "Oh, he's not going to eat a droid," and then Basher Ram he goes, uh, "You know, I clean his litter box. This kitty will eat anything." So another <laughs> yeah. funny, you know, another funny line. Like it's just, oh man, that was great, and the, and the delivery is so is so great, and the voice acting, like I said. So this uh, this particular episode finishes off with um, them going the the uh, Kyber crystal gets sucked out, and uh, they jump on their little the little uh, 
I guess it's Rowan's uh, ship that he that he took off with. They actually rebuilt it or whatever, and then they're, they're escaping Mike. And then we get to see Nare. She has this point where she uses the Force to uh, yeah. to kind of escape, and and then Rowan recognizes that. And goes, wow, you know, we get the Force theme. I think I think we got that, didn't we? For sure. Yeah, there's like a there's like hints of stuff. Yeah, like that, yeah. for sure. And then it finishes off with um, with Nari again. She gets so mad that she's ready to to pound the uh, asteroids into the ship, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get the uh, the Kyber saber, and and she has to back off for a minute. So she's always on this edge of, like she said to the uh, to the Emperor Invader, like if I don't get the crystal, then I'm just going to take him out. So that's yeah. kind of the overarching part of her story is at any moment she could snap. So. Uh, anything else on the end of this, Mike, that you wanted to mention? Uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, we we kind of glossed over the 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 B storyline of the others like coming to rescue them, but uh, it was pretty straightforward, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of right. covered it all, but yeah. Um, yeah, I just I I really like Rabala. Um, the 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 end of the episode sort of wraps up with him. Um, oh yeah, right. Sorry, right. because Rowan kind of spills the beans and tells them all about about the, more the, yeah. the Kyber Saber crystals. So Grabala is is now going to be on the hunt for them as well. So I like that. I hope that that's setting up that he will be a regular bad guy throughout the season. Um, yeah. Because I really really like that character. So yeah, maybe yeah. him and Bastion Ram come come back in uh, yeah. future episodes because yeah, that, sure. that was great great trio right there. You know I forgot to mention too. Um, even last episode, I forgot to mention that. You know, when when Rowan goes into he goes into some sort of like a force trance, his eyes are rolled yeah. back white. So that's kind of a different take on, uh, like I guess feeling the force like flow through you. Yeah, yeah kind of goes into this trance, and he did that a few times in this. Yeah, episode. you know, much like much like Anakin, uh, Ezra, Luke, and Ray, uh, Rowan has an inherent ability. Um, it's just yeah. kind of there, and and actually very. There's a lot of similarities between Rowan and Ezra. Um, uh, Rowan just happens to have siblings. He's not by himself. Right. Um, so so I think that's one of the biggest differences in their characters. But but yeah, it, it definitely uh, it definitely evokes a lot of Ezra when he goes into that trance and he can control creatures right he has that affinity um this is just a specific force talent that that rowan has so i, th- I think that's really cool i think it's really interesting yeah how that sure. plays out yeah yeah but like i say this is another great episode i think it was a little better yeah. than the first and uh yeah for sure i've just been surprised you know i i, I didn't know i was gonna like it this much you know so I, I, you know i i i i don't want to toot my own horn too much but i did i got the sense that Freemaker Adventures, the way that they were handling it, the way that they were promoting it, mm-hmm. that um, that the the companies that are uh, responsible for putting out all of this Lego Star Wars content, that they were ready for this, right? This is what they've been building to. They started with with the, like we talked about last week, those the shorts, and then they moved up to to the Yoda Chronicles, and then they moved on to the Droid Tales stuff, like the, and they did those those short movies. Like mm-hmm. they they really want to to sort of stretch their legs and, and tell some Star Wars stories. And I think what's really cool is that Lucasfilm and Disney have allowed Lego to create their own continuity. Mm-hmm. And um and and I think that this is this is the way that I treat a lot of stuff right now with Star Wars. Uh, I know that officially Lucasfilm said, you know, moving forward, everything's in the continuity. The story group is paying attention to everything. Where I like, I see that I understand they are not putting as much attention on some things as they are on others, and obviously, Freemaker Adventures is completely on its own. Um, it's going to pull in canon stuff, but it is not itself canon. I I think I think I I the comics are a really great example of this exact same thing. The comics are canon to one another, so all of the comics are connected, but not all of the comics are connected to the films and and TV shows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um you know, Kane in the Last Padawan, absolutely canon, hundred percent canon. Just as much as a New Dawn is hundred percent canon, but uh, but is the main Star Wars title and or and Darth Vader canon? I don't think so. I don't consider them canon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a little bit too far out there for me. They go a little bit silly. Um, the idea of Luke Skywalker fighting Darth Vader before Empire Strikes Back has always bothered me. Mm-hmm. It bothered me in Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and it bothers me in that. Um, yeah, like there are there, so. You know, we were told that we were going to get a situation of, of, you know, canon being more clear moving forward. But it's just as murky as it always has been. And I think that you have to, in Star Wars, you have to sort of acknowledge this is part of the actual canon. This is not. This is part of the real story. This is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Freemaker Adventures is not canon. That doesn't mean it doesn't count. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still a great story. It still builds on Star Wars. It's still adding and fleshing out the universe. Um, and and I think they, they, that it's doing a really good job of it so far. Oh, yeah, two episodes for sure. In, so, yeah, I've been um, pleasant, pleasantly surprised. You know what it does? Yeah, it sure. also makes me wonder, like, um, it makes me want and wonder if we're ever going to get that Star Wars detour from Seth Green because it had the – it's definitely on yeah probably a little harsher than that but that was some funny stuff watching you know i i think that so i think because that because they were what when at star wars celebration a few years ago yeah it was like 2012 yeah yeah Yeah. i think they talked about it and i think that basically they had the first season done and they were already working on the second season yeah um i don't know how far they got in in that second season before it got canceled before the project got shelved but I really hope that they got two seasons done and that they can just put it out at some yeah, point. Yeah, I know, you know? I know. Um, sort of see how it goes and then and then move from there. Yeah. Uh, maybe somebody can ask Seth Green at, at Star Wars Celebration Europe if he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> um, it would be it would be fantastic for that to 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 come to fruition because that was really great. It had a very similar sort of sense of humor. As yeah, this did. yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, as this does, I should say. But yeah, it, it would be really interesting to see that. Um, I was just thinking about that earlier today, so it's funny that you brought it up. But yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think that I think that Lucasfilm and Disney are in a place now where they can start to consider that. Um, I think that that right after the acquisition, they weren't really there. They had to reestablish Star oh, Wars. Yeah. I think now that they have firmly reestablished Star Wars, I think that you, you we can start to have fun with it again. So, yeah, yeah, and this is like the beginning here with this Legos Freemaker is having yeah. fun with the universe, and it's it is it's been really fun, pleasantly yeah, surprised for sure. Yeah. So that's gonna do it for this week, though, Mike. It was we ready to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, right. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, you can stay up to date with all of the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, where Tim does a great job of keeping you guys all up to date with what you need to know in the Star Wars universe. You can also check out. Uh, or sorry, follow us on Twitter, sorry, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast, and on Twitter at Rebels Podcast. I'm on Twitter at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F and Matt is on Twitter at the Crankster with a K. Uh, That's Crankster with a K. Yes. Uh, And and of course, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, so head to thunderquack.com check out all of the awesome podcasts in the network, um, if you like Star Wars, then check out uh, you, you can check out Star Wars: The Saga Continues, where uh, Tim and Kyle do an awesome job of sort of uh, uh, exploring everything in the Star Wars universe, um, uh, the books, comics, TV shows, movies, uh, video games, everything. Um, uh, you can also go back and listen to old episodes of Frontlines: The Clone Wars podcast, which uh, which is about to have its eighth anniversary coming up so uh yeah i mean go go check that out with technically we're done with it because now we do the rebels podcast but you can go back listen to the first season where i drone on and on by myself without the aid of matt and then uh, and then listen to it get subsequently better and better with each season yeah um Uh, But yeah, uh, check those out, thunderquack.com. And if you enjoy the podcast that we produce, uh, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash thunderquack. Every dollar is is, uh, uh, helpful in helping us get uh, all of these awesome podcasts produced and out to you guys. Um, Of course... You know, we're not asking you to just hand us money. Uh, there are cool perks that you get for for supporting at different levels. Um, we just 
today as of recording released the uh, we released the the video roundtable which is free for everybody but if you don't have time to sit on YouTube and watch it if you donate at the five dollar level you get a free mp3 well I shouldn't say free because it's at the five dollar level but you get access to the mp3 version of our YouTube roundtables um, and at the ten dollar level you get access to our exclusive Thunderquack podcast so uh, so those are some cool things to check out uh, at our Patreon campaign. There's lots of other perks as well. Um, and uh, and those can all be found at patreon.com slash thunderquack. Can't talk today. I got a little <laughs> bit of a, of a cut on the side of my tongue. That's, uh, that, that's kind of... So I made it through the episode before I had to mention it. But if you guys think that I'm a little tongue-tied today, that's kind of why. Um, cool. Well, uh, hopefully it heals before next week. Yes. And uh, and I can be back to my normal... Uh, I I talked a lot. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> back to normal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, thank you guys for listening, uh, as always. And we will catch you next week. See you guys next week.